Ian, I hate this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight with you, dude. <laughs> this movie made me burn my chicken pot pie. That's I hate this movie so much. Well, you're listening to Paths of Fear. The I guess we're a podcast. I was gonna say horror movie channel, but we're not really a horror movie channel. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that should be our tagline. <laughs> Welcome to Paths of Fear. Yeah. I guess we're a podcast. We're like a podcast now, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh the podcast where we explore horror movies and explore the opinions of our audience. I'm Marshall. And I'm Ian. <laughs> what a glorious introduction. <laughs> well, uh, today we'll be having a look at Ring, also known as Ringu, uh, in North America. It's a Japanese supernatural horror film made in 1998, which would, of course, later be remade in America as The Ring. So that, that's probably a little more Very well known. Great. It's based on a mystery horror novel of the same name from 1991, written by Koji Suzuki. And the movie was directed by Hideo Nakata. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, did you know it that this movie was based on a novel? Not that surprised me. Do, not until uh, Novelorian post uh, mentioned it in our movie chat mm -hmm. because uh, I didn't even notice it when it came up on the screen. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Um, yeah, I had no idea there was a novel. Uh, it was actually, and I, I might talk about this later, but uh, I, I I've not read any of the book, but I looked into it a little bit, and the differences between the movie and the book are, are interesting. Like huh. they're not. There's not a ton of them. Like it still follows the same plot, uh. But and and I like how they adapted it in the movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's interesting looking at, at the differences. I I can tell you that watching this movie, I did have the thought of like this is probably a better novel. Mm. So yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna tease away Ian, and then we'll get into all our goodies? Yeah. All right. Inquisitive journalist Raiko Asakawa investigates the bizarre deaths of four high schoolers, one of whom was her niece, and all of whom died at the same time. As it turns out, these friends had watched a disturbing tape together and died exactly seven days later of sudden heart failure. Will Raiko uncover the mystery behind the tape, and moreover, is it possible for her to survive her own curiosity? Or are the fates of those that view the tape sealed irrevocably by... The ring. Goo. <laughs> it's it goes by both. Like if you look at like the poster art, it's actually the ring with a lowercase T for the. So weird. it's kinda weird, but like yeah, so and so uh, who knows who knows what name this movie actually has. Whatever name it has, Ian, I hate it. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, You hate the name? <laughs> No, I just hit now. The name's okay. <laughs> the name's all right. You know, name name five out of ten. Movie two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you rate this movie, and what do you think? Well, now I'm very curious as to what your rating is. No, uh, you have to say yours first. Yeah, that's fair. No, I I actually uh, I liked this movie quite a bit. Actually, I was surprised. Um, okay. At times, I feel like I wouldn't like it, but uh, for whatever reason, I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, so I got to give this movie, uh, let's see, what did I, 
what did I give the boy? Did I give the boy a seven? I don't remember. We need to I, get I, our database. <laughs> yeah, I, so I can refer. I, 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 we also have an idea of like where we're gonna do a like every twenty episodes or something. We're actually gonna like do a, like a tier list and oh, yeah, that's right. finalize our ratings for these movies and like you know compare them mm-hmm. so that we kind of secure or like confirm how much we like each of them because mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of difficult to go from movie to movie and just do one to ten like yeah it, it's it's kind of difficult to do that uh but i'd like to say i give this movie a 7.5 um, so <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed it oh uh, <laughs> together we give it a 10 out of 10 that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing not by average <laughs> nope <laughs> Uh, so, so you gave it a two point five. I gave it a two point five, Ian. I damn. It's uh oh god. So Ian, I found this movie. It was so hard to watch late at night because I found it. I was so bored and like, and I was like, I need food to keep me awake. So I throw a chicken <laughs> pot pie in the oven, right? And mm-hmm. then I freaking fall asleep because the movie can't keep me awake. And so my <laughs> chicken pot pie burns in the oven. <laughs> Ringu burned my chicken pot pie. <laughs> All right, what is it with you when watching Japanese war movies and falling asleep? <laughs> I don't know. It's partially it partially has to do with the language, I think, because what I'll do is I'll drift off and I will start dreaming of uh, what they're saying as if I could understand it. And I remember, I, no, I can't at all. But I, I remember at one point <laughs> it was uh, like, oh god, the the father in the story. Uh, he he was walking just to a door after talking to somebody and it was just pouring rain and I, I, my brain latched onto this little metal clunking sound. And for some reason in my dream that became someone had a little snowball machine that they were like scooping up snow with and they make that perfect ball and they throw it at people. Mm-hmm. And that was the movie for me. Um, then, okay. I, then I realized he was walking in the rain and I was heavily disappointed. Um, <laughs> There's no snow. Yeah. I don't, but, I don't think it snows much in Japan. I don't know actually. I, I, guess I don't not. know either. I feel like it's got to be near the equator, right? Like relatively close? Or is it about equal to us? Yeah, I feel like it's... No, I feel like it's nearer to the equator yeah. than we are. Uh, but I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I know like I can picture it. It's, you know, it's east of... It's east of China, but China's a big place. <laughs> yes, so, it is. You know, it's... What does that really mean? <laughs> Size of at least three Denny's, dude. Places in Elsa. Um. Well, our audience, they gave it. What is this number? Man, they always make me do math. Hold on. A five point seven five. So, like about okay. in between us, right there. What's the spread? Like, do we have some high ratings? And we some have low ratings, or is it all kind of mediocre? And most of them gave fives, and then someone was like, "This was great. I give it an eight. Okay. But it's fives and eight. <laughs> was it me? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's it's nice to know someone else enjoyed this movie. I, I almost felt weird for enjoying it, so I'm glad someone's on my side here. Um so so thank you for whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, I have I have some interesting things to say about the movie. What I'll say is I give it such a low rating because I'm spiteful for my chicken pot pie. If uh, <laughs> if I weren't so spiteful, it'd maybe be a three, three point five. But okay, okay. That really threw me over the edge of that one. Well, um, well maybe after you uh, forget about the pot pie. You know, yeah, maybe. When we, well, when we when get we're going to our, over like, the tier list, I'll be so kind. Yeah. Also, just a little meta stuff, I guess. 
it, it was your idea, but we decided we might start doing um, this sort of a thing where we go back through a month yeah. and look at the last three movies we've watched and select the runner-ups. Because mm-hmm. those those who don't know, uh, we actually do like a little Discord vote um, in our Discord. You know, So join our Discord and the mm-hmm. link in the description. Uh, That's the Discord? And, <laughs> and we do a... <laughs> We do a vote each week to see what movie we're going to watch and review and uh, do questionnaires on. Um, and we have a theme each week as well. And so the fourth week of each month, we decided we could do this theme of runner-ups. So like the last three movies that came close to winning but didn't, uh, you know, we'll do like, we'll choose between those. Uh, so this, of course, was the runner-up for The Grudge. So yeah, this week's movies were between Green Inferno, which was uh, part of a cannibal theme where Ravenous won. Mm-hmm. There was, of course, this movie, Ring, or Ringu, uh, which was a runner-up for The Grudge. And then there was Child's Play, uh, which was a runner-up in our doll horror theme, uh, which lost against The Boy. So, The Ring won, or Ringu. So there you go. So nice. let us know if you like that or not. Maybe you hate it. Let us know. <laughs> Maybe you hate us. Let us know. Yeah, let, let us know. <laughs> Join our Discord and uh, just, just let us know if yeah, you hate us. <laughs> post hate messages, please. <laughs> Maybe don't. <laughs> I'll make a new little channel for it. Um, well, Ian, do you want to go ahead and throw us that summary so that I can rant about this movie? Sure thing. And tear it to pieces? All right, come on. <laughs> And I'll try my best to defend it. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two high school friends, Masami and Tomoko, talk about a videotape that was allegedly recorded in Itsu and bears a curse that kills its viewers exactly one week after watching it. Tomoko reveals that a week ago, she, her boyfriend Iwata, and two other friends watched a strange tape and received a strange prank phone call afterward. The two then hear the phone ring, but amusingly, it turns out to be Tomoko's mother. However, as soon as Masami goes to the bathroom, Tomoko witnesses her TV turn on by itself, and soon thereafter is killed by an unseen force. Meanwhile, this same cursed video story is being investigated by Tomoko's maternal aunt, newspaper reporter Raiko Asakawa. When Raiko and her young son Yochi attend Tomoko's funeral, she learns from some friends of Tomoko that Iwata and Tomoko's two other friends all died the same night she did, and their bodies were found with their faces twisted in fear. They seem to think it's related to the rumored videotape. The next day, Raiko investigates Tomoko's room for clues and finds a receipt from a photo development shop. She picks up the unclaimed photos, which show the four friends staying in a rental cabin in Itsu. In one photo, their faces are horribly distorted. Raiko goes to the cabin in Itsu to investigate, but she doesn't find anything out of the ordinary inside the cabin. No tape to be seen. That is, until she visits the reception lobby that evening to inquire about the kids who had stayed there. Behind the front desk, she notices an unlabeled videotape amongst the other tapes on the shelf. She requests it and, well, hesitant, decides to watch the tape for herself. 
The tape shows a series of seemingly unrelated, disturbing, and grainy images accompanied by a constant metallic screeching. The final scene is that of an open stone well. At the end, she sees a mysterious reflection in the TV and receives a phone call. But only the screeching sounds from the tape can be heard through it. Taking the threat of death seriously, Raiko leads with the tape and attempts to enlist the help of her ex-husband, college professor Ryuji Takayama, to investigate its origin. The next morning, Raiko asks Ryuji to take her picture, partly to prove the videotape's curse is real. The photo of her face comes out distorted like those of Tomoko and her friends. Ryuji decides to watch the tape himself, and as he receives no phone call afterwards, seems to harbor some doubts. Nonetheless, he asks Raiko to make him a copy so he can study it further. His doubts soon disappear as he feels the presence of something, or someone, supernatural on his way to work. While studying the tape the next day, they are interrupted by Mai Takano, one of Ryuji's students. So, to prevent any bystanders being harmed, the two continue to review the tape at Raiko's workplace, the news office. While reviewing the tapes in the sound booth, they find a hidden message within it of a towel man muttering the phrase, Frolic in brine, goblins be thine. <laughs> Ryuji reviews the information and informs Raiko the next morning that the message is in a dialect from Itsuishima Island. While reviewing old newspapers at the library, they find an article resembling one seen in the tape. While Raiko is taking Yochi for a visit to her father Kochi's house, Ryuji calls her to explain that he learned via further investigation about Shitsuko Yamamura, a local woman from Oshima, who is seen in the tape. When she was alive, she had been a psychic who accurately predicted the eruption of Mount Maihara. He reveals plans to visit Oshima to Raiko in order to continue his research. Later that night, Raiko catches Yochi watching the tape, claiming the ghost of Tomako told him to. Yoichi! Now he too is cursed by it. Raiko and Ryuji sail to Oshima to learn more about the history of Shitsuko Yamamura. On the way, Ryuji explains the media attention from Shitsuko's prediction attracted ESP researcher Dr. Hayakira Akuma, who, besides conducting studies on her, had an affair with Shitsuko and may have fathered a child with her. Shortly thereafter, a series of slanderous reports drove Shitsuko to commit suicide, and Dr. Akuma was fired by his university. That night, the two stay at an inn run by Takashi, Shitsuko's brother. The next morning on the island shores, Ryuji reveals to Takashi that he knows through his mind-reading abilities that the old man exposed Shitsuko to the media, hoping to make money off of her. Shizuko. 
But a demonstration of Shizuko's psychic abilities held by Akuma, a journalist who spitefully denounced her as fraud, inciting his other colleagues to do the same, was psychokinetically killed by Shizuko's daughter, Sadako. Ryuji, who has some psychic powers himself, sees the demonstrations through ESP, as does Raiko. In the vision, Sadako runs up to Raiko and grabs hold of her wrist. Sadako! Raiko collapses, and when Ryuji wakes her up, both notice a dark bruise shaped like a hand on Raiko's wrist, exactly where Sadako had touched her. Raiko and Ryuji deduce that Sadako psionically created the cursed tape to express her fury against the world. Soon after, Raiko realizes the phone only rang at the rental cabin in Itsu, meaning the origin of the curse may lie there as well. Simultaneously, though, a storm rages and fairies stop returning to the mainland. However, in retribution for his role in Shitsuko's demise, Takashi agrees to take them in his boat. The two return to Itsu and discover a well underneath the cursed cabin. Through another vision, they discover that several years after the demonstration, Dr. Akuma bludgeoned Sadako and pushed her body into the well, where she died struggling to climb out. They try to find Sadako's corpse in an attempt to appease her spirit by emptying the well of its water. Minutes before her time runs out, Raiko discovers Sadako's body at the bottom of the well. As police arrive on the scene, both notice that the bruise has disappeared from Raiko's wrist. Raiko questions how Sadako's father could kill her like that, while Ryuji remarks that the doctor may not have been Sadako's father after all, and that her father may not have even been human. <laughs> The next morning, Ryuji is working from his apartment when he suddenly hears a metallic screeching. He turns around to see that his TV has switched on by itself and is showing the image of the well from the tape's ending. The vengeful spirit of Sadako crawls from the well and the phone rings. As Sadako comes closer and closer to the screen, she eventually crawls right out of it. Terrifying Ryuji into a fatal state of shock. Raiko, who had been trying to call Ryuji at the time, hears his last minutes over the phone and runs to his apartment. When a policeman informs her that Ryuji's body had already been taken away, Raiko quickly realizes that she is the only one who had been freed from the curse. After trying to get the information out of a devastated Mai, Raiko then finds Ryuji's copy of the tape and takes it home with her. Desperate to save Yochi, Raiko realizes through a vision of the towel man that copying the tape and showing it to someone else was what saved her, as it was the only thing she did that Ryuji had not. Early the next morning, Raiko drives to her father's house with the tapes and her VCR, telling her father in a phone call that she has a favor to ask him. The film ends as she drives into the distance, and some schoolgirls she interviewed earlier in the film talk about the rule to escape the tapes. <laughs>
1週間以内にダビングして他の人に見せるのじゃあ見せられた人はまたダビングして見せるのよ1週間以内にそれじゃ切りないじゃんそうそう切りないのよでも死にたくなかったらやるでしょ Sorry. I'll say I the way it ends, I can appreciate the way it ends. Mm-hmm. Uh so good on you for ending well, movie. Um bad on you for almost everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well what, what do you think's the big thing that like just dude, made the, this movie hard to dude, like? The big thing is just it's just nothing happens, Ian. And it makes me <laughs> so upset. It's they just they just go from place to place and they're just like Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, and it's just like I don't care. Like I just want to see stuff, and it's just them being like, it irks mm-hmm. me. It's like watching a detective show, but the detectives are just randomly poking holes at random things, <laughs> and it's just awful. <laughs> like the scariest part of the movie for me, like the absolute most terrifying, was when um, it was right near the beginning. I think it's like our first scare, just about uh, mm-hmm. of that daughter or of the mother, like going back to that place where she found her daughter dead. Mm-hmm. and she's like i found her dead here and then it like cuts to her finding her daughter for like all of five seconds and like she's got her eyes open making the pog face because she's dead and mm-hmm. it makes like a big screech sound and like that woke me up and i was like oh my god that was a little scary and then it was that was it like they didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, i think that makes a lot of sense um i think that'll be most people's problem with this movie especially if you're used to american horror um and just other horror in general and and it's because you're right like this movie for the majority of it there's really not a lot going on to it's, scare you it's giving you scary ideas and it like kind of the like a scary story but yeah it's not i'm and yes i i am an american audience so i do want to actually see some scares in front of me mm-hmm. um i i'm and it could be that it's different for other cultures it probably is but yeah, that just doesn't do it for me. Is just trying to figure out this scary thing. I want to see the scary thing. Mm-hmm. Give me more. Like just it, it, it killed me. I just couldn't. It made things so. I just wanted to keep dreaming up my own story, and I kept having to fight <laughs> not to. Yeah, and 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 I totally get that. And and like looking at uh, the Grudge, even the Japanese original, uh, but especially the American remake, it, there's more going on. Like mm-hmm. uh, the Grudge shows up more. The curse the effects of the curse show up more and like the time it takes for the curse to take effect is faster and this movie's a little different because the whole that the, what's scary about it is you've got seven days to figure out how you're going to survive this thing um and that part to me is actually really cool and it kind of it plays not really as a horror so much as a mystery with horror elements yes and i think that's why it can be problematic watching it for its horror elements just because there's less of it uh than you would find in plenty of other horror movies and see my issue is even if it were a mystery though i don't think i'd be entertained because Mm -hmm. they're clearly in pursuit of one thing and they're not really hitting red herrings or anything um it's just them finding more information and we're just there to sit there and watch them find information Mm mm-hmm uh, and we're just watching them hypothesize and stuff when I what I like is I like that 
hypothesizing. I like that thinking of the logistics of the curse and stuff. I want that to be the audience's role watching the movie. Right. I want, I want them to be wondering how in the world did this happen? What could it do this? What if this happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you compare it to other better mysteries i think the issue is that by itself it's not a great mystery and by itself it's not a great horror movie <laughs> so it's if that if if like it's horror elements that it does give you aren't effective um then it's it, it can be tough to uh to enjoy it and and i think something i noticed especially you know comparing uh, the grudge movies the japanese original the american remake um as well as this movie to and I've never seen the American remake of it. I definitely like to. Uh, but the difference I see is that they're sort of relying on more of a fear of superstition in in their audience or, or having superstition in their audience to make this whole idea of a curse scarier. Like the scariest part uh, of the movie shouldn't really be her crawling through the TV screen and then you're scared of TVs. It's more so like you're scared of the idea that you could watch a tape and have only seven days to live. Yeah, the visual. They shouldn't be relying on the visuals with what they were going for. Mm -hmm. um, what I wanted to see was if they were deteriorating over those seven days or something. If they were feeling weaker, or if they kept running into things that they thought could kill them because they could die within those seven days, not necessarily at the end. Mm -hmm. That that's something to to make you feel that pressure, rather yeah. than just be told that pressure, and you kind of have to manifest it yourself. Yeah, and you're right. I think they could have done better by creating it in such a way where you could you could feel that more. Mm. Um, what you do get is you get all you get is their emotions. You can tell that they themselves are feeling more and more hopeless over time. And of course, she's feeling especially hopeless because she she needs to save her kid um, now. And that's what she's really focused on. I, I kind of like how they do that. But I do agree if they included some some action in there through them getting worse over time what we saw was mostly internal we saw them internally struggling yeah but when you're at a movie like part of writing is like sony i think i've talked about this a lot of amateur screenwriters will write he stared out the window thinking about his long lost love and it's like that's cool but like like what are we supposed to do with that so for the audience's sake there needs to be something that they can latch on to visually right uh, there needs to be that cue and uh, mm -hmm. I and I think it. Some people can manage. Uh, I think you can manage because you relate to characters so much, um, much more than I do. Uh, mm. Is like can is connecting with that feeling and like keying in on that more. Uh, I think that like your typical audience member and like I think I fall in this category. We need those visual cues. We need to see it. Um, otherwise we're just we're just not gonna feel it. Like you can't just tell us. Yeah, yeah, and, and that makes sense. And I could definitely see that uh, making the movie um, that much deeper and also just that much entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I, I do think for the average viewer, this movie can become boring, uh, especially if you've heard of it. Yeah, there, there's sort of that expectation. Um, you know, everyone's everyone knows about that scene where she crawls out the TV. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to sort of be thinking about that and for the majority of the movie not even seeing her um yeah that, that can get a little boring uh but I, I i but what kept me going is i was intrigued by what was behind it just because it felt like there was something there that was that was really interesting mm -hmm. um now, so, similar to the grudge 
uh, and I'd say even more so than The Grudge, in my opinion. Uh, I was a little more interested in the background behind this curse, which I think is, I think, I think I rated this slightly higher. I, and that would be why it's just I found this curse a little more interesting. No, I get that. It's you're watching a little video and suddenly you're doomed. Whereas in The Grudge, you're walking into this place where a billion people have been murdered. It, it kind of checks out that like, yeah, you'd be doomed. But like we all watch a video like and it's it's just such a crazy thing to just seal your fate. And it's so clever, of course, because it's delivered on the same medium that the curse is like the mm -hmm. movie is it's on video. Um, and it's also it's just sort of interesting to think about how it's sort of taking something contemporary, old curses, superstitions like that. And it's the same. It's very similar in that it's sort of this rage or vengefulness that creates this curse, right? Because of how she's killed, because of how uh, Sadako's killed, um, combined with her ESP powers, um, sort of creates this curse. And and it's it's just, it's cool to see that delivered on a, especially at this time, a new, a newfangled technological medium, as opposed mm. to, uh, more of an older thing, such as The Grudge, where it's based on location. Like, that that, that movie could happen, you know, in medieval times. Like, it's just a house, right, where people are murdered. But in this movie, they sort of take advantage of that technology and sort of that, and especially how it's how it's spread, um, almost like a virus through technology, I think is, it's cool. It's, it's and especially at the time, I think, um, I would, I would uh, enjoy it even more. So, so it's a cooler curse, is is my point. No, I I agree, and like I think the premise had a lot of potential, mm -hmm. um, and like honestly, the characters were good. There was a lot going for the movie. I think that it really it all fell apart because they wouldn't share that with the audience almost, mm -hmm. uh, and that that's just where they lost me. Um, I think that a movie that does a similar thing um, is the Sinister movies, especially Sinister Two. Um, I won't talk too much about those, but they, they do that interesting thing with like current mediums and it's fun to see because it makes it more real for us. Um, this is like issue horror has nowadays where you always have to come up with these contri contrived situations where people can't make cell phone calls and it always feels mm -hmm. silly because we all have our phones on us. Um, Scream has adapted really well to that because they make the phones a part of that fear factor for us. It plays into it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just it is really cool to see that modern technology play a role in our movies, like into the curses and stuff. It makes it real. It makes it better. Yeah, totally. And and I like how they did that. And and of course, yeah, I think I think really the real difference between us on this movie is just the execution of it. Um, like I I think we you know you both we both see like potential in like the curse and the characters. Like it's all sort of set up, but just. Um, I think I was able to look past their, uh, well, you know why you're able to look past it, right? Well, it's I th because I think... the movie didn't burn your chicken pot pie in. That's, <laughs> that's why you okay. can look past. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. You don't understand uh, my anger, Ian. No, no chicken pot pie casualties. Um, <laughs> uh, but also I mean, it's for the same reason why, uh, I didn't fall asleep. I mean, one, I didn't watch this late, but <laughs> other than that, like, uh, just, I, you know, I think you already nailed it. Like, um, I think because they did the characters quite well, I'm able to connect with them. Um, and that sort of was all I needed uh, to sort of be into it. Uh, yeah. 
Whereas, like you said, you know, there wasn't enough external happenings for both the characters and just in general to make it entertaining and followable and intriguing. Um, so, yeah, so it makes sense. And I think it's a perfect example of like the different ways we view movies, because I look at the story really hard um, mm-hmm. and like I'll relate to the story where you look at the characters really hard. Like the story can be really well designed and the characters are just like little shallow pieces of crap and i'm like that wasn't bad Uh, (laughs) and i'm like this is terrible (laughs) i hated it and then you can watch a movie where absolutely nothing happens and the movie burns your chicken pot pie but the characters are fine so it's (laughs) it's good (laughs) 7.5 out of 10 (laughs) uh there you go now it it is kind of cool to see um especially i guess this movie just brought that out um I guess I can take this opportunity to talk about the differences from the book. Yeah, let's hear them. I'm curious. Yeah, now again, I haven't read it. This is just what I remember from uh, like researching it a little bit. <laughs> um, the difference that uh, you'd see right away is that um, Asakawa, the, the journalist, uh, Raiko Asakawa, um, is a guy in the book. Same name, um, but it, it's a guy, and he has like, you know, a wife and a kid. And uh, his... And when he actually, he does the same, like, it follows the same plot to this point, basically. You know, he investigates. He's the uncle instead of the aunt. And then, of course, he watches the video, but he gets his friend to help him out, who's this, apparently, this psychopath? Huh. And apparently, Ryushi has, like, assaulted people before, what? and, like, he's likes that. Uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, into it? Yeah, like he kind of brags about it and he does like he's really into like dark stuff, I guess. Huh. Um so that's kind of weird that they that uh <laughs> they went with that direction in the book. But yeah, and and so it's it's th- it's those two who are like, you know, looking into this and everything. Um the other difference is that the the person who dies and creates the curse, she she is um and I get it's kind of similar. She's assaulted by this doctor who's at the hospital that her dad's in with tuberculosis. And then this doctor uh, kills her, uh, like, you know, throws in her into the well. Very similar, right? But the interesting thing is, is that he actually gave her chicken pox before she died. Oh. And then the chicken pox melded with her ESP abilities after death and created the ring virus. Oh, and so. so, and the ring virus is like the pseudoscience, like, ESP thing, which spreads through watching this video. And the only and again, the same thing of like the only way to survive it is to spread it because it's a virus. So it's like it's so that that's kind of interesting. Um, it actually makes me want to watch the Korean version of the movie because apparently that's called the it's called the uh, the ring virus. So I'm curious if they went into that a little more. Yeah, in I mean, that movie. it would be fun to do one of our YouTube videos where we just look at all the different ring things and just talk about it as a whole. We should definitely do that sometime. Yeah, and I think it can work um, with these sort of, like, uh, movies with reboots and, like, with sequels. Um, you know, it can be good to sort of talk about it all at the same time. Because, of course, the book is actually, it's the first book in a trilogy. Um, so the other Ring movies, I think, are based on those other books. No, I, I'm from what it sounds like, I kind of dig the book more already. Um I see why they changed these things in the movies because yeah, especially the the characters. I mm-hmm. think they're far easier to re- relate to, um, like the ex husband, ex wife. 
Yeah, I think that for your typical audience member, it's going to be a lot easier to connect to them. Um, whereas that's like kind of psychopathic character you described. That is something that could work in a novel, but only because you have time to set it up, like set up that character and give you reason to sympathize with the character and such. Mm -hmm. um, even though they're such a despicable character, um, we see that a lot today. You can take the time to develop, a, I guess it would be an anti-hero. Yeah. What it sounds like they did, though, was they made the characters more relatable and they left it more in the air because in a book, I feel like you can get away with explaining more with horror mm -hmm. whereas in a movie you got to leave stuff up in the air because you want to be able to talk about it afterwards whereas with a book yes it's fun to talk about it afterwards but you kind of just sit there with your thoughts afterwards more right so yeah i think i understand the changes they made um if i would have changed anything i would have just done something in the movie <laughs> that's just me <laughs> i would have just made more stuff happen yeah. uh <laughs> Give this man an Oscar. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that makes sense. It, it, I did like how, even though they had it as an ex-wife, ex-husband, it never even really entered the cinematic conversation, as it were, that they might fall back in love. Yes. That really wasn't part of it. It was just like, you know, he's like who she could go to with this. Mm. It gave um, them background of why they trusted each other, and it gave them both exactly. reason to care for the kid. Um, exactly. Um, and for each other to some extent, uh, but not to the same extent that it would be like a, like a you know, yeah. loving husband and wife. Like, that wouldn't be as, as uh, interesting of a dynamic. Because I think they wanted to keep somewhat of an interesting dynamic, mm -hmm. uh, because the book seemed to have a really interesting dynamic yes. between the two main characters. Um, I would assume. So I, I like that they did that. And that even at, at the end, like, you know, he drops her off. Like, it's not like they're going to get back together. Um, they've just, you know, survived this thing. At least I think. One thing that I thought was really cool was the idea of spreading it. Or like when you copy it and when you show it to someone else, you're freed of the curse. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really awesome. Um, hey, you, you know what? You know what that makes eventually? makes a rain it follows oh <laughs> we're on different different trains of mind <laughs> but no that's that's what it that's what it is and it follows and it kind of i don't think they explored this enough and maybe if there was like maybe it does in later movies but that mm -hmm. phone call at the end where she's like i need a favor from you dad like that is so terrifying that's that's the moment when i was like wow this movie just got interesting and then it ended like two minutes mm -hmm. later but um yeah, <laughs> finally, that <laughs> just ends. Maybe you'd like the sequel, um, but it, no, it made it really great because like that, it was so despicable to find out what that father did to his daughter, um, mm -hmm. and they were so harsh on him the whole time. Which I, I mean, naturally, it's not like they were just supposed to go easy on a guy that threw his daughter down a well. But um, he, uh, Wait, you mean like the the doctor? Oh, was it just the doctor? Was it not a father figure? I thought it was kind of well, a father. So here's the thing. You'll usually find that things will say that it was the father who killed Sadako in mm -hmm. the well. Uh, that is the doctor. So it was the doctor that killed her. Yeah. It's uh, just that he might have been her father okay. in, in the movie. Not not in the book. Um, but in, in the movie, uh, because like he apparently had had relations with Ch uh, Shizuku or Shizuko, um, who's like the original like mind reader esp person okay and she had a daughter 
and it was you know it seemed like it might be like it might be that she had oh, okay. a daughter with him at least but, they didn't fabricate it out of nothing yes but ryuji did say in the movie that maybe it wasn't even a human that had a child with her because you know she talked to like the that, ocean yeah. and stuff so who knows I, I was just like that's just some random gibber jabber in there man like <laughs> I, what does this mean for me as a like i didn't get <laughs> so she like she got laid with a wave or something i don't i <laughs> i don't know what she wanted from me what a, she got uh, waved yeah um but and but it was so despicable of that but then we hear her call her dad and it's like dad i need a favor of you and at least I got this sense. Maybe it's not what they were going for, but I felt like it was. It was that like she needs him to free her son of the curse. And that she's willing to mm-hmm. sacrifice her father to the curse for the sake of her son. Because um, mm-hmm. her son's not safe. So. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's an interesting plot point right there. That's cool. And then it was over. But um, it is. Uh, it, it is for sure. And and of course, they set it up so well because they didn't leave her with the curse, right? Mm. Because then you're just talking about, oh, do I save myself at the expense of another person? You know, that's easier, right? Morally speaking, that's easier. What about your child? You know, like, are, are you willing to save your child at the expense of another person? The answer will almost always be yes. And so they, they do a good job of setting that up. Uh, yeah, so she's not acting entirely selfishly in the sense of, like, she's not just trying to save herself. But at the same time, she's also not willing to sacrifice herself over her father's life for the sake of her son. Um, mm-hmm. And it almost says, like, I want a long, happy life with my son, which I'm sure the father would get behind. But it's still kind of harsh of her to presume that, like, Dad, you you should sacrifice for us. Like, that's... Yeah. I, I, it, it's almost like this kind of awkward dinner table talk of like, just don't talk about these things like or like make the hollow offering of like, would you like some of this, even though you know that they don't want some of that because they can't eat gluten or something. But you <laughs> offer it anyway. <laughs> never, never have between us. <laughs> I um, would just like eat the gluten. But then <laughs> I'd be like, I'm Marshall now. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, but yeah, like and <laughs> I almost wonder, like, is her plan maybe that like, she has the father watch it and then she has the father like have her watch it and then she has the father watch it you know they just switch it back, back and forth every yeah. seven days that would get tiring to like once a week watch that video i just like mm-hmm. oh my god and it's just like one day you forget and then you just die it's oh like, yeah damn it <laughs> it's like it's like the extreme version of oh my gosh i left the oven on <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I liked that. That was good at the end. I thought that her coming out of the TV was... I, I got so upset when I thought that they'd actually broken the curse with that well thing. Because I was like, man, dude, it didn't even, like, do anything in the end. Well, yeah, because then, like, nothing would have happened with yeah. like, the whole movie. It would have been like, oh my gosh, we have a curse. Let's research, yeah. research, research, research. We solved it. Movie done. Yeah, I was. I thought that was what was going on because I I did not have high expectations by the end. Of the movie. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, I hate this movie. And then I was just waiting for credits to roll. But then interesting stuff happened, and I was like, this was the best ten minutes of the movie. Because um, <laughs> yeah, finding out that the curse wasn't broken, coming to the realization that they were kind of wrong, it was yeah, it was great. And like, if we would have had plot points like that earlier in the movie of like I was wrong about this and therefore mm-hmm. these consequences, that would have been great. Um. That would have made for a much, much better movie. Yeah. 
one thing I want to say about the ending was I that I don't know her name, but the the mom's name, the ex wife's uh, name. Oh, um, Raiko. 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 She's at the bottom. Or she's at the well, and like she's pulling up the buckets of water, and like as far as she's concerned, she's gonna die within like the hour if she's not getting this water out, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's content to, or she's just like, but I'm so tired, and it's like I don't. That's a crazy level of fatigue to feel Mm -hmm. to be willing to give up in the last hour of your life like knowing it's the last hour of your life Mm -hmm. and she lifted maybe just like 10 buckets of water which granted is no easy task that's a lot of water to carry up that high um but like if i think you would ask anyone if you had to pull up 100 buckets of water out of a well to save your life would you do it and you'd be like well yeah it would suck but you know it's worth living Mm mm-hmm so I, it, it was, she just started throwing a hissy fit up there, and she's like, "I'm tired," and it's like, "I don't care. Like you're about to die. Get over it." I, I, I agree. I think it would have served the movie better, and it would have, I think it would have done the characters better if she like sort of went into overdrive more. Like yeah. she like started being faster, and like you know she was getting really tired. She was like, you showed like her hands getting like bloody with the rope, you know, like from that, yeah. burn or something, and like you show like the desperation. Uh, they decide to go for hopelessness. Um, and that's for audience, like, looking at it, that's less powerful. Just because it's easy to say for us to be like, come on, like, get up. Well, it kind of works for their, like, whole arc. Because like you were saying, they you see them get slowly more hopeless throughout the movie. Yeah, So it makes exactly. sense that the pinnacle would be hopelessness, like, just absolute hopelessness. It does. But but I, I can see, I can see how it would be less effective, though, than exactly. showing, like last ditch like desperation like mm. you might be able to feel that more yeah it it, it just could have been, it could have been done better as all mm. um are, we're running out of time here ian is there any last words you want to say before we go into the surveys there is one thing that i don't think they did i put it together so it was fine but they didn't make it obvious as to what they were doing in the well to end the curse yeah, it's like they were getting the water out and, you know, you sort of assume and this is how it goes in the book is they get the remains out and they give it like a proper burial. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's the classic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you get this angry spirit to stop being so angry. You like put him in a nice uh, dirt bed. Yeah. She um, hugs her in the well. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, she hugs her. Um, True love prevails. I don't know. Which I guess is fine. And then you like I kind of assume that like the police are there and like removing the body and they're gonna bury it but they they could have done a better job of making it obvious they could have even shifted it slightly so they even got the body out just about and like were like setting it down when like time ran out or something yeah like make it a little more obvious that they're you know what what they're doing like how they're doing it uh i'm glad you brought that up because i did not maintain enough interest in the movie to care why they were down there i just took it for granted (laughs) (laughs) i was like all right they're in the well now cool that's (laughs) uh um but yeah and then just uh i also noted that it was kind of cool uh when when uh, sadako climbs out of the tv and kills um uh her fingernails are all missing oh i hear that Mm -mm. yeah and her fingers Mm -mm. are all bloody on the ends because of course they noted in the well that she was alive when after she had been thrown in and was attempting to cl- uh, claw her way up mm-hmm. um so that that was actually really cool detail there 
But yeah, it was very gross, very fake. I hate fingernail stuff, dude. That's just terrible. Um, yep. What also kind of bothered me was that they were going off the fact that you had the curse based off these mark on their hands. And when they got her out of the well, they went outside and they're like, oh, we don't have the mark anymore. And I was like, that's great. Uh, you guys aren't cursed. But like the mark didn't mean anything, I guess, because he was still cursed. I was confused well, you know. as to why. You know? Well, here, here's my theory. Okay. It washed off when she was in the well. That's fair. That's fair. Eh? Right? Yeah, I like it. And that, that makes it a coincidence. Like, mm-hmm. she was just in a well. Like, she, she, like, it was just like a mark. She, like, washed it off while she was really in the water. Terrible hygiene, then. Like, I get it's the last week of your life, but wash up something. Well, I mean, she didn't have time to shower. <laughs> she, you know, they were but just she, like, go, go, go. She could have washed her hands, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It was like on her wrist, sort of. Um, but yeah, I, I I actually don't know. Um, and like, if it was a bruise, you can't really wash it off. But I want to say like, you know, it was a mark and like she just washed it off because she was in the well, like, you know, moving around. So yeah, maybe that that's my that that's how I can justify it. It didn't. I mean, the movie was ruined for me long before that. So it didn't <laughs> At, by this point, you I didn't was just care. curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like marks, whatever. It was the thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, yeah. climb in it. it. Makes sense. It all tracks. <laughs> oh, her eyes, they're goop now. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um Alright, so yeah, our audience gave it a five point seven five. Um on a scale of how scary we had a good I think three point seven five. Yeah, yeah. Not, not scary, which is it, not surprising. Well someone gave it an eight, which surprises me. Like that you just threw it way off. Because like Everyone else was in the twos and threes. So, like, why are you throwing an eight out there? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. It burnt that, chicken pot pie. That was the scariest thing. Not, not not too surprising. And I will say, I think, again, when people are scared of this movie, and I included a question in here to maybe figure this out, um, but I think when people are scared of this movie, they're not scared of what happens in the movie yeah. so much as it is they're scared of the idea of the curse portrayed in the movie. And, I get and that. that's what sort of keeps them up at night is like thinking about that and like oh my gosh you know had had i have i seen the video now like mm. just just a tiny bit of that in their minds sort of scares them the and the curse reminds me a lot of just it follows i don't know if you've seen that um but it's very similar of just like i spread it to save myself but it dooms someone else and i just i like that idea it's it's a fun idea to play with um <laughs> i spread it to save myself mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what other like context that works uh stds quite <laughs> like quite literally that was that's what it follows is about <laughs> i don't think that's how it works please well, don't follow this advice <laughs> don't listen don't. You find yourself pretty uncomfortable share it that's <laughs> share the love yeah please don't yeah, no don't uh, all right so that we asked our Pazifier question, what scares you the most about this movie? Our four options were not knowing what to do to save the life of your loved ones, knowing when you will die, being sought after by a vengeful spirit that can reach you anywhere, and lastly, the idea of sudden death, being alive one moment and being dead the next. Ian, which do you think took the cake? Which scared people the most? Hey, first of all, not not bad paths, huh? No, I, I did those paths. 
Uh, let's see, most and least. Um, I kind of think the most is going to be knowing when you will die. I think that's a, that personally, that, that's a scary thing. So I'm just going to go with my gut feeling and what I find personally scary because, of course, that would be the right answer. Of course, naturally. Uh, which do you think was the least, Ian? Which oh, just nice. didn't connect with people. Um. So you got not knowing what to do to save loved ones, being sought after by vengeful spirits, and suddenly dying. Maybe being sought after by vengeful spirits. That that was the least, Ian. I'm so amazed right now. <laughs> uh, the one that scared people the most was not knowing what to do to save the life of your loved ones, actually. Ah, uh, you, you yeah. freaking selfless individuals. How dare you? With your caring freaking passions. <laughs> yeah, I but, get it. Now I feel bad that I didn't choose that one. <laughs> I, I swear, you know, my family listens to this podcast. Um, so <laughs> so I swear, guys, uh, it's actually that one I was most scared of. Well, you are the youngest already, and so I mean. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's... You know, hey, I'm the baby of the family, yeah, so exactly. you know what? I got to I gotta look out for number <laughs> for number five. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think knowing when you will die would mess me up pretty bad. Um, and I, I feel like I would. What always bothers me with that is like I would get so stupid after that and just do anything I wanted that I'd die early. Like I would go skydiving <laughs> or something and I'd just be like, I don't even need a parachute. I mean, I don't die today. And then I would, there, just... and I was sort of thinking of that um, in this movie, like when they're doing when they're going down the well, it's like, you know, that would usually seem really scary. Like you're going down a well and there's a dead body in it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of scary. But at the end of the day, like if you're about to die, it's not scary. Like you got nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, so that makes complete sense to me. Like, if you know when you're going to die, then you've got nothing to lose. Uh, now, inadvertently, that might cause you to die when you're supposed to die. But still, like, um, yeah, I think by chance. that point, yeah, like, you sort of like, you know, well, yeah, I got nothing to lose. Yeah, I'm going to just do a bunch of stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, hopefully you won't do something so stupid that you go to prison and then you die in prison. That'd be pretty sad. Oh, that would suck. But yeah, knowing when you will die, that would mess me up pretty bad. I think that I'd agree with the audience here that if I were just unable to save someone I love, that would kill me. Well, no. everyone's just a good person today. Yeah, that's I see right. how it is. <laughs> yeah, that, it, that, that one is... Person, <laughs> that one's pretty rough. Um, um, what, what interests me is this one, the idea of sudden death. Um, mm -hmm. Because... It's such a weird because like some people do live in fear of that and it can mess with their lives pretty bad. And uh, it's such an interesting thing that like it, it really can't happen to anyone at any time. Uh, there's heart attacks. So you could randomly like organs explode from time to time. It's just what they do. Um, <laughs> it's, well, <laughs> it's not what they should do. <laughs> but uh, if, if, if your organs are exploding currently, you should uh, yes. ask your physician about it. Mm -hmm. Please call 1-800-PHYSICIAN. <laughs> if you're experiencing organ combustion <laughs> but yeah it's uh but it's interesting that we do live with the idea that we could just die any moment i i thought about it a lot when i was driving i was like any of these people going the opposite way could just like turn into me and then like boom i'm done yeah and i want to say other people might think about this too while going down the road because yeah i and i think about it in the other way and i think this happens with like intrusive thoughts is you know you'll be going down one of those highways and it's just one lane each side 
so yeah. two lane highway. Um, and like you could just be like, you know, any of these passing cars, I could just turn slightly and collide with them. Yeah, you know, like at at like fifty miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's gone. It's just yeah, and it's just like wow, that's crazy. The only thing separating that from reality is this yellow line that we've both promised not to cross. Yeah, it's such a crazy it's such a crazy amount of trust to put in people. And yeah, like the so hundreds it's... of people that you're passing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. Okay, your next question, Ian, was are you superstitious? For example, do you avoid doing certain things, such as opening an umbrella inside, specifically because of the bad luck associated with it? And you had, I'm superstitious, I'm a little stitious, and I'm not stitious. And <laughs> our audience was not at all superstitious. Uh, not, not, no one was superstitious. No one was superstitious. Not, not even a little stitious. Uh, some people were a little stitious. Okay, but that, that's that's most what I people expected. were not stitious. Um, yeah, and and I I kind of classify a a little stitious as like you specifically don't go out of your way to like do things that could cause bad luck. Like like for instance, opening an umbrella inside, you have no reason to open an umbrella inside, so you're like. Yeah, you know why risk it? You um, know? Like, there's just that slight little thing of eh, probably don't see, do that. I think I'm a little stitious, but that doesn't stop me from doing the bad. Like, for example, Bloody Mary. I used to do Bloody Mary all the time in a dark bathroom, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'm like, if I die, that just proves something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like uh, you. Uh, so uh, I'm a little stitious. I remember when I was a kid, I had this terrible nightmare. Of I was walking down the I was walking on a sidewalk and from one of the cracks in the sidewalk, a little action figure, like really muscly action figure, erupted from a little volcano in there and came up and just punched me square in the nose. And uh, so for about three years of my life, I think like the ages of like six to nine, I didn't step on any cracks in the sidewalk. Um, Damn. So I was superstitious about that. I don't know if it was superstition or just pure fear. Who knows? <laughs> just, <laughs> just fear of sidewalk cracks. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, but it extended to like uh, cracks on like tiles in the mall and stuff, and that got tricky sometimes, dude. Because sometimes those diamonds are really small, and it is hard not to step on a crack. Like I remember once I cried because I don't want to step on any of those cracks, and mm-hmm. my mom was so confused as to why I wouldn't walk past this one like kiosk or something, and she's like, "Did that lady scare you?" Or like, was it? <laughs> The stuff she was saying, and I was just like, you don't understand, Mom. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't walk past there without stepping on a crack. <laughs> oh, so, man. I've, I, I know what superstition feels like, at least. How about yeah, you, Ian? Are you superstitious at all? I'm definitely not superstitious. Um, You could probably classify me as being a little stitious, but very very slightly and that's only that like again it's sort of that i won't go out of my way to like do things that apparently give you bad luck but i'm also skeptical enough to not believe that any of those things would give me bad luck yeah i hear you well our last question our open-ended question was a horror enthusiast friend of yours pulls a dusty dvd off their shelf and says something about it being allegedly cursed they even tried watching it but the first five seconds made it too scary to watch it alone they ask if you could watch it with them. Do you hear them and watch it? Assuming you can find a DVD player? Why or why not? <laughs> Did um, you like that little addition there? Yeah. 
I was like, if someone someone's gonna freaking say like, what <laughs> DVD ancient yeah. technology? So I'm like, no, you've got a DVD player, okay? I did somewhere. See, the issue is there's consoles, dude, and people have consoles, and those will play your DVDs. So boom. Like, oh I guess not gosh. the latest gen all the time, but that's what I always. That's <laughs> true. Um, so we have one person said I'd watch it just to see how scary it is, but I don't believe in cursed objects. I think I'm on the same boat with you. I'd be like, what's, same. what's so scary about that movie, young sir? And then I would laugh at them, even though I'm scared. Because it was a scary movie. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and see, my thing about curses is, is, even if they're real, I think that we have to give them some sort of power. Like, if there is, like, malevolence and just, like, spirits and curses and stuff, that I... If there's a thing like that, I think that the difference is if you believe in it, that's going to give it power. Uh, and I think that's just true of like any fear. If you're mm-hmm. afraid of the thing in the dark, then suddenly the thing in the dark is scary. Does that? I don't know if I'm quite making sense. Yeah, there doesn't need I to guess be something there. I guess it's kind of a roundabout way of saying that the only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and whether it's something or not, if you're not afraid of it, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, our next says, hell yes, it sounds like a fun time, plus I know that I'm not a character in a horror movie. Well, who knows? You know all <laughs> the simulation days. <laughs> uh, next says, yes, because honestly, I don't believe in ghosts. If ghosts do exist, though, and I get killed by the ghost in this movie, dying while pogging isn't a bad way to go out, so it's fine <laughs> either way. Dude, they didn't make pog faces. Like... <laughs> They didn't see this coming in the future that we would have faces that look like that. That meant good job. That was impressive. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Could not have foreseen such an event. Um, Died in pocket. Lastly, is probably not without looking it up to make sure there's nothing on my absolute no list like dog death because too scary in the first five seconds has got to be truly horrifying. I want to. I want us to watch it like one of the sinister movies now because I think that gets into this a little bit. But mm-hmm. there are some things that are just truly disturbing. And I saw a whole documentary on it of people that sit in front of their computers. Um, they look through about like twenty five hundred images a day, um, of social media stuff, and they go mm-hmm. through it. And they have. To, they're like the censors. They say like, "Sorry, that's not going through," and they know it. What like one lady? She knew it well enough that she could tell. If a person was decapitated with like a small blade or a large blade, like it's just so messed up. And like you've got to develop some kind of crazy coping mechanisms to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, so there are some things that we're really just not meant to see uh, necessarily. We're, we can survive whatever, but there are some things that do mess us up. Uh, dog death. That that's one that is I think that's it's a weird one because writing wise in a horror movie. A dog death is, it can either be a really cheap way to tell your audience feel bad now, um, <laughs> but it can also be effective. So I, it's a weird one to navigate. You it it can it certainly well. be effective because, again, um, for a lot of movies, uh, and justifiably so, uh, the dogs are essentially another character. Um, and so when they die it's it's like losing a character and for a lot of people it's actually worse than losing a human character and i and that's fair because that sucks because dogs didn't do yeah. anything I mean, dogs are innocent exactly uh, Th- that's the thing is that 
I think it's I think it really is because dogs are infallible. Uh, yeah. And in, in most people's eyes, um, like com- completely innocent um, and amazing. So, no. yeah, it makes total sense. And also like it's and plus we don't really see kids die and then film and media and even if we do it's like there's still that sort of like you can kind of separate it and be like oh they were a brat anyway or something like you know yeah. like for some reason we don't see kids as infallible as dogs in a lot of <laughs> respects it's true uh it's it's always sad when you see a dog die um mm-hmm. there's no getting around that and the, yes there have been plenty of times when a kid was near death or something or did die that i was just like all right sorry kid yeah no not in real life Should, it, no it, oh it god no that's, <laughs> I, I didn't walk up to like a grieving mother after a son just got hit by a bus and was like, yeah, you can do better with another one. <laughs> almost, almost maybe shed a tear, but you know what? <laughs> I'm past it. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, how about you, Ian? Would you, uh, would you watch it? I definitely would. Yeah, um, I think I would too. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's cool. And this is what I was trying to go with this question, right? Is, um, you know, you might be tempted to say in the movie that Asakawa, like, it's kind of weird that she watches the tape, like, you know, in her investigation. But it's the same thing of like, well, she's, you know, first of all, she's a journalist, like she's in a job where her job is to be curious, right, to look at stuff. And there's also this like, even then, even though she knows all these kids die at the same time, she doesn't necessarily think it's real. Like, she thinks it, you know, she has that sort of superstitious, like, hesitation. She hesitates to put it in. But at the end of the day, the curiosity gets the better of her and she watches it. And and so, you know, we kind of see that with this question is, yeah, like, of course, the curiosity kind of gets the best of you there, um, which is kind of what makes it work. Um. Yeah. And I mean, in a real world situation, most people aren't going to believe that it's a truly cursed movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a totally. it's it's a fun little tale we tell each other, scare each other. Um, yeah, I mean we we like stories like yeah. that. Um, We're drawn unless unless they don't have enough going on. Yeah, unless and then it's just and they burn your them. chicken pot pie. <laughs> I almost got over it. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, oh man! Well, my final thoughts would be a great premise. You did a good job making your characters. You just needed them to do stuff, and it would have been a great movie. But you, you goofed. You done goofed. Um, yeah, and it, it makes me very curious to watch the American one. Yeah, um, the American one was so good. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll have to watch that one at some point because, uh, you know, looking at how The Grudge was adapted, um, you know, they they sort of, I mean, for them, the main difference was actually they kind of made the characters a little better. Uh, just yeah. because they had like a main character that you mm-hmm. could follow. Um, but uh, it will be interesting because I think the American one, like they know the American audience like wants more of that sort of physical horror, um, you know, s- showing stuff to be afraid of as opposed to showing an idea to be afraid of. Yeah. Um, so I will be very curious to watch that and yeah. uh, see how we rate it. Um, but yeah, but that that is ring or ringu i still don't know um mm-hmm. one of the two <laughs> i liked it uh marshall didn't <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, and and again, I think why I'm able to like it is I did I appreciated the work that they put into the characters. I liked them. I I liked the curse. Uh, I liked that. I was intrigued by it. I was intrigued by them finding out more stuff and its origins, and then trying to like get past it, and then they didn't, and like like it it worked for me. Um, they definitely could have done a better job with filling those gaps with more entertaining things. Even I would have appreciated that for sure. Um, there was a lot of researching uh, in this movie. Um, so yeah, it would have been nice to see more, but I, I definitely got what I what I came for. And overall, I'd say while I hated the movie, it's it's not not worth watching. Like if you want to watch a horror movie and you're curious about some uh, non-American horror, then yeah, it's probably a great example. And it's honestly, it's kind of a staple in horror the whole ring franchise and all of it um the remakes mm-hmm. and the originals just because it kind i feel like it kind of led the charge of the whole japanese horror spill we saw in america where we got so fascinated with that for a while so sure. i think it's worth a watch um you might hate it like me don't <laughs> put anything in the oven before you start <laughs> and you should be set there you go. Yeah. And uh, well, thank you guys. We are Paz of Fear. If you'd like to join us in our movie nights and maybe check out what we have to offer and give us what you have to offer on your movies, hop in that Discord. The link will be in the description. Yes. And uh, check out PazofFear.com. One day One <laughs> I'm going to get it up. And, I'm going to uh, get a website up. I'll That's going to sh- happen. I think I'm at a point where I'll be able to stream more. So twitch.tv slash paths of fear. Go check that good stuff out. Uh, that's us playing stuff for paths of fear on Twitch. Playing horror games. Yep. <laughs> I want to say real quick before we end. I found out one of my favorite movies that I would have never put as a horror movie is classified as a horror movie. So I get to I get to put it up for vote. So I'm well, what movie is it? It's called Spontaneous. Oh. And like, if you look at the cover, you'll be like, "That's not a horror movie." And I would agree. But <laughs> <laughs> Google has decreed it, and oh, therefore, no. okay, HBO decreed it. Google says H- it's a comedy slash fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> HBO, damn it! <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> All right, uh, decreed by HBO, we are now permitted to watch this. Yes. What I am assuming is an abomination, uh, much like gravy. <laughs> <laughs> dude it's Watch actually it's so it's horrible. such a good movie it's actually one of my favorite movies gravy's great uh, but i would not classify it as one of my favorite movies i just classify right, it as yeah. a good time this is actually one of my i'm favorite i'm sure it's fine then so, honestly gravy is gravy's you know we're gonna come back to it at our, at our tier list that we're gonna do i might i might have warmed up to gravy you know it's a bit it's one of those where you you have to realize in hindsight how absurd it was and how great it wasn't in its absurdity <laughs> yes. yes so uh, yeah I might, I might be changing my rating on that one but uh, we'll, we'll just see we'll what see. happens thank you all so much for watching or listening uh you could watch if you want uh, yeah hey if you watch this um <laughs> yeah appreciate the effort that's uh, really going the extra mile <laughs> just watching that little uh that little dot that represents <laughs> you know how much time is left just like watching it go yeah. across this is so interesting all right, have a great one. Play in a while. Yeah, bye everyone.
ESP researcher. <laughs> Dr. Hayakiro. Hayakakuro. What the fuck is that name? Goddamn. Hay Hayakiro. 